0: Okay, everybody, welcome to what I believe is our 42nd now episode of Dojo Universe. And I think our illustrious co hosts are out there, Vin and Carl. I'm uh, I am. not 100% sure Activating about that. It, no. So, Won't
1: is
0: you. it next week you're not coming, Vin?
1: I will not be, yes, ne- I will not be here next week. Taking
0: a break really. He must be really upset about that. That you're going to be in
1: Florida. And <laughs> I am. I am. Wednesday at noon is always a fun time for me. We'll see. Maybe you maybe
0: so. <laughs> so. Florida is um,
1: one of those kind of things, of love-hate. You know, you either really love it or you kind of tolerate it or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, you know, I, I haven't spent ex- spent extensive time in Florida, but I really like it when I go there. But I think it sort of depends where you go. That's sort of.
1: That is the truth, yes. (laughs) Uh, So you gotta make it worth your while, I guess.
0: I think that's like most places. It depends where you go.
1: Florida, (laughs) Gino from Tampa says Florida rules.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, uh, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about a little bit about um, sight reading and memorization. Um, yes and yes it's
1: just, and, it's, and it's one of those things that's a sort of a necessary component of playing pipes isn't it a lot like uh, you know learning your fundamentals but you definitely have because we don't read our music when we play which is unusual in the field of musicians in general i think
0: it depends i think it's pretty common for folk music and you know obviously and, uh you know yeah. most popular music is performed mm-hmm. um you know memorized so i think it's sort of a it's a it's one of those things where um, it is sort of on the folky side, isn't it? Like you would never mm-hmm. really—I uh, don't think you'd ever try to uh, perform a peabrock or something with the music in front of you, or—or or if you did, it, you know, could you really get what you needed out of it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
0: um, and that's going to be—you know- know—that's that's, that's going to be an issue, and then and then on the, on the flip side of the coin, right? Um, sight reading is one of those necessary evils as well. And certainly the way our culture is right now, most of our music is, is shared and passed around um, in written form. And not all of it, right? I mean, I would think, I would say that a lot of music is actually learned by ear and then maybe eventually transcribed or written mm-hmm. down. Um, right. For example... And that's, and that's
1: definitely the folk The folk scene is, is like that. You know, if you're sitting in the session, you're, you're trying to pick up tunes as you hear them. Um, you know, and definitely, if you're you're sort of playing in a in a group, you know, a lot of these tunes have been passed around and picked up by ear, and I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever seen the sheet music for some of these tunes. Um, so they develop this kind of uh, learning style, I guess, for for picking up music um, and, and sort of getting the most out of it without ever seeing a note on a on a page
0: yeah exactly. I mean i've I've learned the vast majority of the t- tunes that I know. I probably did not learn from the music. I learned some of it, but most of it happens by ear. and i th- I think that would be an interesting or an important sort of undercurrent to mention is that I think once you really start to get a handle of your fundamental skills, right, of your um, of your you know fingerwork, scale navigation, embellishments, the general nuances and and uh, expression types that we're going for. Um, I think it, you know, it becomes fathomable at that point, and, and it becomes sort of common to be able to pick up tunes by ear and to sort of things, sort of, you sort of hear things a couple of times, and then what do you know? You can sort of play it out on your hands. And exactly. I, think that's, exactly. I think that's one of the things that happens, and I would, I would definitely encourage people to, you know, um, to try to work things out by ear as much as they can. Because one of the things, you know, because that sort of trans, it's sort of, uh, I'm I'm not doing well with my words today, Vin, but um, (laughs) it's sort of, it's directly related to memorization as well. Because the sooner you can hear what it is that you want to do in your head, as as soon as things get going in your head, then memorization starts to become a quick and easy process as well.
1: Yeah, and I would even say that, you know, once that's developed, I mean, sight reading becomes a lot easier too, Um, you know a lot of us a lot of us learn to speak you know before we ever see a written word um that's, what do you mean that's many, sen- of us? many of well who learns,
0: who learns to speak uh baby <laughs> hey, hey, well, Timmy, this novel this graphic novel and you know see if you can figure it out
1: that's yeah. i mean that's essentially the the, pro- the language acquisition process right you know everybody's sort of speaking little kids can learn the g- rules of grammar um and language long before they ever see a written symbol right. relating to the words they know, um, and you know. So, it's music that takes on that same character. You know, you're hearing sounds, you're translating them in finger movements, and sight reading becomes a little easier at that point because you're connecting with stuff you already know. Um, and and then and as far as like a, a an initial exercise, if sight reading is your sort of weak spot, you know, take tunes that you know, uh, and 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 read through them and, and connect those those written symbols with, with the things that are already in your head.
0: And that's exactly why, you know, in our, in our tutor book, um, I forget who was calling it the, the Christmassy tutor book or something the other day. And uh, I kind of had a chuckle because we use a lot of Christmas tunes and kids songs in the tutor. But what you're talking about then is exactly why we do that is because if you have an idea of what you're going for before you try to do it, it really, really mm-hmm. helps. It really, really helps guide the learning process. So, so let me start with this opening statement, then, and maybe we can, maybe we can switch over to our, uh, uh, yeah, our notes field here. So, I think the first thing. Um, do we want to talk about sight reading or memorization first?
1: Um, I just have to talk about memorization first, because I mean, okay. in a lot of ways, we're talking about kind of both of the same time especially if you're going through a tutor book or um, you're you're working with an instructor and you have a sheet of exercises in front of you um, of some kind to build your embellishments or whatnot Um, you know it's about recognizing what they look like as well as being able to play them Uh, so it kind of happens at the same time you know
0: so the the first thing I think I would say about memorization and and one of the things that I tell most of my students or uh, and, and you know the interesting thing is right um, my the students with the strongest fundamental skills uh, struggle the least with memorization. Okay, so so you know uh, when someone comes up to me and they and they say Andrew, I'm really struggling to memorize things. You know what can I do to, to you know make it easier for myself? And I always say the exact same thing, and then I then I say different things. But uh, the <laughs> the thing I always say first is. Uh, By the time you've learned the tune uh, correctly, okay, by the time you've learned a tune correctly, you'll already have it memorized. I always say that because um, all of my experience points to the fact um, that this is true. Okay, now, um, I guess, you know, Maybe we can add add a little something there, I guess. But by the time that we've gone through the tune and we've really developed all the fundamental things we need to develop, and the other important thing is uh, that we can really hear the tune in our head. We can really sing it. We really know it. You know, uh, we really know how we want it to go. You know, by the time we've covered all these bases, memorization is going to be really, really simple. And the, you know, if if we even have to think about it at all. Right? And then the the problem that we come across is, um, in the real world, of course, is that there are memorization deadlines that exist, right? Uh, the pipe major sets a memorization deadline, or um, or you have a, a competition that's on a certain date, and you have to get your tunes off by then, or I don't know this that or the other thing, or. Or, you know, in my, in my life at the moment, someone calls up and they say, uh, we want to pay you a trillion dollars to play at our wedding, but we really want you to play um, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga, right? <laughs> and so um, – and it's like, well, I, I would really like that gig, but I'm going to have to bust my butt to learn that. And then the interesting thing is memorization becomes very hard at that point because there's a deadline, and I haven't had the time um, to focus on learning it correctly and fully, Right. I mean, luckily, I'm a huge Gaga fan, so you know I can whip that up. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not really. But, uh, <laughs> I'm aware of it, but I digress. So, um, so anyway, um, I really believe this to be the best philosophy for memorization, which is um, you have to uh, you have to get rid of uh, the idea of the deadline, and you have to give yourself enough time to le- learn that tune fully and correctly. Now, the the other thing I would say is if you're playing a tune that's too difficult for you, where learning the fundamental skills is going to be perhaps too overwhelming, it's going to take you much, much longer to get to the point of being able to memorize that tune than if you were to play a tune that was more within your grasp. And uh, and that just has to do not with your personality and not that you're a bad person, but uh, just to say that some of us are at different stages of you know fluency with our fundamentals. So those with super awesome, experienced fundamentals, we're going to be able to tackle bigger tunes and we're going to be able to learn them faster than someone uh, whose fundamentals are not as fluent.
1: So would you so would you recommend in that st- in that instance to, if you're picking out a tune and you're trying to learn it correctly, to listen, listening to it played correctly as much as possible as well. Definitely. I mean, that's definitely part of the sort of learning the tune correctly You get to hear, you know, how it should sound, I guess. Um, So you can you're able to translate that to the best of your ability on on the actual instrument.
0: Yeah. Imagine learning how to speak another language without being able to hear other people speak that language. Right. You know, like can you learn uh, the French language out of a book? Uh, I don't think you can. Right. And I think music is the same way. And so you know, uh, especially when we're in the learning stages and before our fundamentals are fully developed we need to have as many, um, as many audio aids as possible. So we need to have a recording of the tune, and we need to listen to that religiously, and we need to get it in our head. Um, and it's good to have lessons or, or some sort of time with an experienced instructor on that music and sort of listen to how they would sing it maybe or how they would express it. You know, I think that's a key thing as well
1: yeah i mean it's like as you move even past the memorization even as you're working on the tune correctly i mean moving on to the, to the actual printed score becomes a snap even if you can't you're not able to play it correctly you know you you at least know you know you when you're looking at a group of notes you know exactly what sound should be happening um yes. when you're hearing that tune and um,
0: that's absolutely it's one of those things that um it's one of those things that's uh, strategically ignored by many, many learners of the bagpipe is I will I will I want to learn uh, I want to learn when the battle's over. Okay, so you get out the music and you start plowing through it. Um, but have you really listened to the battle? I mean, um, sure, you've probably heard it once or twice, and you know that you really like it. But you have you really listened enough to it uh, to fully uh, ingrain that in your in your mind, and, and to fully sort of uh, to know, you know yeah. that tune.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're just it's, its difficult when you're just starting out. As, as you as you play though, and you start hearing tunes like I think you know, there's—I think every band, tune ever played in a mass band's—I don't think I've ever seen the music for. <laughs> At some point, you know, because you're always hearing it every games, every time out, you're always hearing these tunes, and suddenly you just then, then when the drum major calls it, you just play. <laughs> so it's because it just sort of happens yeah. um, you know you just sort of like hear it and, and you're able to translate those sounds into finger movements like you know what sound should come out when you move a certain fingers you know your certain fingers so,
0: so does that yeah. make sense to, to everybody out there what, what I'm saying about memorization I think memorization is less about trying to memorize a sequence of notes as it is about becoming completely totally familiar with that music Right? Yeah. at which point memorization uh, is, is really – and it really will happen naturally. Have you ever noticed how young hotshot kid bagpipers, like I used to be back in the day, uh, you know, have you noticed how fast and easily they memorize things? Uh, it probably makes you really upset. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it really sort of uh, – it makes you not particularly like those people very well. But you also have to consider, right, the hotshot young kids – right, really have the music ingrained in their heads to a really high degree, you know, and it has, you know, this sort of plasticity of the, of the younger mind, and then, um, you know, it becomes, it's just much, much easier to do.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's always sort of, it's it's remarkable, for, well, for anybody, even, even the, you know, so the uh, sort of the older hotshots, too, it's a, you know, they sort of belt out these tunes that... Are sort of brand new like you know there's some some arrangement of some (laughs) some tune comes out at a at a a beer tent or in a recital somewhere and it's like wait a minute like and they they just sort of like put it together like you know what a week ago (laughs) something two weeks ago you know and it's like it's not like and here they are performing it you know and it's sounding awesome and but it's something it's a piece of music that they that was concocted like you know minutes ago basically you know relatively so it's, it's, it's it's kind of an amazing thing when you say when you've got that grip of the fundamentals and the music, that you know exactly when there should be, you know, a certain group of notes. You know, you got an embellishment here, some notes here, some gr- another embellishment, and you know exactly how to play that. So yep. remembering how to play it, even in any context, becomes a snap.
0: Let me ask you: We have fifty participants out there today, which is awesome, by the way. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, I remember not too long ago when we were like lucky to get twelve people at this, <laughs> so it's really cool. Thanks for coming. Um, I'm but to hire let me a ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, there you, you go. One. When we start making the big bucks, um, so uh, let me ask the forty-eight of you out there, how long, um, how long did it take you to memorize "Amazing Grace"? When you, you know, because everyone sort of learns that early on in piping. And by everyone, I mean most of you. So how many of you out there, how long did it take you to learn Amazing Grace? You know, you don't have to give me a number of days, but did it take you a long time or not that long? Long time or not that long? Sharon said quick, not long. Bruce said two weeks. Presumably that's not that long. Two days back in 87. Some people figured it out before they saw the music. Lee said in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Bill took a month, all right, not long, not that long, I don't remember. Rob doesn't even remember, there you go. Uh, not long, John said quickly. Um,
1: there was never a time you didn't know, Mason Grace.
0: Jonathan said three weeks, all right, not long. And then Everett says, and then I looked at the music and then I maybe had to relearn it, but that's okay. Um, John said, funeral. not that long. Scott said, amazingly fast. Okay, and um, my point would be this. Um, and now let me ask you this next question: um, How long did it take you to memorize? I don't know. How long did it take you to memorize, like your first solo competition tune, or or how long did it take you to memorize the first tune that you weren't really familiar with?
1: How about the you know yeah the first four-parted six-eight tune that you were that you needed
0: to yeah, play or, at some point or anything like that. How long did how long did that take you to memorize? you know, those, those tunes. So Bruce says several months, Sharon says forever, Kathy says longer, uh, right? So with Amazing Grace, it was like that was easy, right? And then now with these other tunes that we're learning, it's less easy. So, so why is that the case? Right, why, why does the tune that you're less familiar with take longer to memorize than the tune you're more familiar with? And I sort of answered the question in the question. Right. Right. So, uh, so with memorization, you're less. The things that you're less familiar with are going to take you longer to memorize. Um, here's here's another example. Um, my wife Stephanie can recite almost every word from the movie, the the movie, the ro- romantic comedy, The Holiday. Uh, and I'm going to pretend for today that I can't, even though I can't too. Uh, but um, she can, she can uh, basically recite every word from that movie. right? Now, meanwhile, on the other hand, and I kind of look at her funny. Meanwhile, uh, when I do manage to talk her into watching The Lord of the Rings, I severely annoy her because I have learned every single line of that movie and can predict <laughs> everything that's going to be said and everything that's going to happen. right? And it has to do with my f- familiarity with the movie because I got really into it. I'm really into the story. I've watched it probably 10 billion times and, uh, you know, therefore, uh, it's super easy to memorize. Meanwhile, you know, I don't think it would be as easy to memorize Schindler's list because, um, you know, that movie is really kind of depressing. It's not something I want to watch a lot of times. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so the content is also less exciting as well. I think that's part of it too, right? Yeah. If we're less excited by something, then we're less apt to definitely really enjoy. get into it.
1: Well, it's definitely a connection. You know, you have to make some sort of connection to something, and that connection in, with this is really about whether or not you like it. <laughs> you know, there's going to be tunes that you just kind of feel a you know a strong affinity for, and others that you kind of like, eh, whatever.
0: And, okay. Uh, even though you're Here's forced a, to, to learn them. Here's an opportunity. So Gino says, I blame most of my memory woes on age and a six year piping hiatus. See, now, this is, I think this is on the flip side. This is something that I I don't agree with you on that, Gino. Although, granted, um, you know, I haven't taken a hiatus and I'm still blessed with some, I still have some remaining youth. Uh, But, um, see, now that that I don't like so much. you know, blaming things on age and and other things like that. I think you know. Now, granted, it might take more time to memorize as you get older, but the but the fundamental things remain the same, right? If we can fully immerse ourselves in a tune, and really learn the fundamentals well, memorization will definitely
1: right. And here's happen. and here's where and here's where I get a little more uh, scientific. The 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 field of of neurogenesis, which is. Uh-oh. An ongoing study of the brain and its inner workings has pretty well established that the brain is plastic and it does change, even, irrespective of age. So, you know, everybody says, everybody says that, the, you know, young, a younger brain is still developing, so it's more likely to generate new neural pathways, but it's also happening in an older brain and at any age. So you can literally learn new skills at any age. And this has been proven um, in, you know, elderly patients. A lot of this research has to do with Alzheimer's and things. So, um, But essentially, if, if you feel passion and connection to what you're doing, the brain will literally grow in mass at any age with that activity. So blaming memorization on age is kind of a cop-out that we've all been conditioned to accept as a, as a thing. Um,
0: um, it's not, uh, yes you know the the i mean we do learn more slowly as we age but it's it has nothing to do with and i, I, I believe what you're saying vin i don't i haven't read the the materials but i believe what you're saying right we learn more slowly as we age but it has to do with it has to do with the restrictions we choose to place on ourselves now granted uh, we choose to place these restrictions on ourselves for very good reasons right paying the bills uh, being able to eat and feed your family is more is more important than it is to learn um, lament for the harp tree that's just a basic sort of uh, that's just a basic fact and that's why you know I think as we age we have more of these restrictions that we've put on ourselves that uh, that restrict us from completely immersing ourselves uh, in other things right um, I mean uh, you, know, you know and I think as a kid right you have you have such a such a uh, primitive grasp of those sorts of uh, responsibilities that will eventually uh, you know become important right exactly. I, could, I couldn't imagine like I, I couldn't imagine yeah uh, what well, I mean would
1: it, would and it comes to. down like you know if, if you like to read fiction for example um, or if you even like to read classic fiction whether you 're reading like you know studying Shakespeare or reading some of the big big novels from the Victorian era you know you 're not going to remember every word but you 're going to enjoy it nonetheless so okay. but and there are Times where you'll remember passages that sort of hit you or strike you, and you'll just—they'll just stick in your memory. And unless you've actually studied it in school and, you know, been required to, you know, repeat verbatim certain sections, then, you know, memorizing is not a priority really. It's more about understanding and enjoying the material. Um, you know, and music is the same way. You know, it's—it's—you know, most of the orchestra musicians that are reading from their scores during a performance. Aren't reading note for note. They're just following along to make sure that they're in the right place at the right time, and and you know and they there's sort of like they're just cues at that point to make sure that they're they're um, in line with the conductor and everything's moving along. But for the most part, a lot of them can probably play that without the music. Um, they're just sort of using the music as a as a as a sort of tracker of some kind, I guess. Um, so. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know so, memorization happens whether you want to or not a lot of the times.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, to summarize this, because, you know, we've sort of made our point here. But to summarize this, right, uh, I think a lot of people focus on memorization a lot. I think we focus on that a lot because, uh oh, that deadline is coming up. And, boy, we better have that memorized or we're going to look kind of dumb. Um, and, and that's too bad. And, and there are going to be times where we need to sort of cram for the test. Right. Uh, but but generally speaking, um, I encourage all of our students not to focus on memorization, if at all possible. Um, instead of it, I'm just encouraging them to learn the fundamentals, learn the t- you know, learn the fundamentals, apply them successfully in the tune. You know, c- keep learning it. Keep, you know, make sure you're practicing enough to, to do it a lot, because memorization will happen naturally f- uh, for the students who are able to do that.
1: Yeah, and and everybody's different. I mean, there's some people have you know great sort of recall and retention. Other people have to work at it. You know, Um, you know certainly for you know for me, there's been times where you know you sort of look at a piece of music once and it's and it's and it's there, and then there's other times where you got to read it like (laughs) for a couple of weeks, maybe more, because it's just not sticking. You know, and that has a lot to do with just life. You know, just the 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 bandwidth that (laughs) you that you have going on is just taken up with other stuff maybe, and you just you know I don't know. When you have more time to think about it, it just sort of will stick better or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, certainly Pebrog is like that, you know, it's like just really, because there's a lot going on, a lot to remember. Um, and you just, so say, any, sometimes um, some tunes snap and others don't.
0: Any hints on remembering simple tunes that start on the same few notes? We
1: only play a few notes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, them. I mean, yeah. It depends how you define a few. <laughs> well, I, I would... Uh... I would offer that, uh, on all those you know four-four marches that start with a G grace note to A and a Terlua, yeah. Um, you know, memorizing the name, and associating it with the next couple notes, um, not the with to A, um, but whatever the next few notes are, that's going to get that melody in your head. Uh, if you can memorize that with the name. Uh, that's very helpful because then you can yeah. just re- remember, oh, what tune am I are playing? Okay, I remember the next few notes.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's uh, kind of remarkable, isn't it? Like, how how, how do you time know time. if you go from a from an E to a low A to a low eth, what note use comes next? Like, really, any of us? Like, why aren't we going to play something, <laughs> you know, that's not Highland Wedding or something? Like, you know, um, I I don't know. Like, I think it, it's it's one of those things where I think if you're really immersed in the tune and you know you can associate. A tune title, like Carl said, with an actual melody that goes beyond just one or two notes. I think it's is really the key. Um, you know, you've you've learned the, the the chunks and you've become completely familiar with it. It shouldn't be a problem. You're like you don't even have to think about it at that point. So, but so if you're struggling with just knowing which tune it, or slipping into a tune, another tune that I think pretty much every piper on the planet has done at one point or another, um, because you sort of memory slips and you go from a c doubling down to something else that's in another tune entirely <laughs> um you know you just, it's just a matter of, of i guess repetition and you know immersion i guess
0: yeah just carl um don't don't actually forget the first note though <laughs> yes. right that would be a problematic <laughs> too <laughs> like like max like maxville that year remember that carl <laughs> yes I, I i do yes <laughs>
1: And of course, it, that's that's sort of that's sort of like a, a deterrent, right? The fact is, you'll never live it down if you ever do it. So, fair warning, John.
0: <laughs> uh, for all those out there who don't get that reference, I played the wrong note going into the slow air at Maxville like five years ago. Yeah, it was like five years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, Adam mentions yeah. like he he, he actually uh, you know learns the tunes and phrases and familiarizes himself with the phrases, which you know. Again, that's like a, you know, that's just a sort of a, learning the tune correctly and fully to have it memorized is really, that's, that's part of the process, really knowing, you know, what those notes are supposed to be and, you know, how to put them together. So let's, so let's, so let's say, say, so we've memorized tunes, now we want to move on to something else, like, we've, you know, we don't have a requirement to learn tunes, but we want to learn tunes because we want to learn tunes. Right, there's some maybe a couple of reels you want to learn. You want to create a, a personal set of some sort, and you just open up a piece of music and you go, right? How do you apply how do you apply the, the, the learning the tune correctly and fully? Sort of mantra if you're going to be memorizing, say, some sort of, you know bunch of two-parted reels and bays or something.
0: Um, I think that's a good question. Let me bring up some music. Um, we love. We're gonna. I think I'm gonna bring up steamboat. Why? Because we love steamboat. Do I have steamboat here? I don't think so. No.
1: You know, and a, lot, a lot of pipers will tell you stories about these, you know, old, old time workshops where you know some hotshot guy from the past will be coming over for a little while and. They just go through tunes, and by the end of like the weekend or the week, you have to be playing them. <laughs> Whether it's a you know a handful of p or an MSR or something like that, you so memorization that memorization deadline is a lot shorter than it would normally be if you were learning band material or personal competition material. So you know you really have to you have to, you really have to immerse yourself in other sort of contexts more or less with the with the music, if it's visual, if it's you know auditory or um, physical, even um, you're really gonna have to like p- employ all the tricks for yourself, you know.
0: Um, some a uh, couple of good questions here before we move on. So, how do you keep over sixty tunes fresh? Um, I say, why stop at sixty? You know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think it just has to do. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of like in a um, it's sort of like a snowball. It's sort of a snowball that's going to go on. So as you get better and better at learning, at your fundamentals, at listening, right, at, at finding tunes that you like, as you get better and better at this, it becomes easier and easier to memorize. And at a certain point, it just becomes, you know, that you're able to memorize and retain tunes really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to do with a fluency, you know, in in the music making. It tends, you know, it tends to happen. For example, I remember, and I'm I'm at this stage myself uh, uh, to a certain degree. Um, but you know, people that are just above and beyond. Um, Jim McGillivray is one of those people. He, I bet you, he could play completely fresh, so to speak, um, 4,000 tunes. Uh, just all you have to do is mention the name, and he'll let you know how it goes. Um, you know, Stuart Little is obviously one of these people. Robbie McNeil from British Columbia, um, who um, did bagpipe music, writer. He he was always known as the Tune Library, and so uh, <laughs> you know, and then um, Adrian Melvin is another person who, who I was. It was always astounding how many tunes he could sort of recollect and yeah. play. Well, there's uh, a, there's there's a contest
1: in, like in, in in the in uh, the in Scotland just passed a few weeks ago, it was called the Wheel of Fortune. I think the Edinburgh. Piper Society or one of the bands out there ran it and they literally spin a wheel and it lands on you know Donald McLeod marches like they spin one with idiom another with like types and tunes and then the players have to play whatever they can come up with at that moment it's not a matter of like preparing repertoire you just play so here Donald McLeod 2-4 March go and it's like you know and it's, and it's a set usually There's they'll, they'll be spinning the wheel constantly so it's like the, the pipers have to put the set together with all of these requirements and uh and you know so you have to have a lot of tunes number one but you also have to have a good grasp of the fundamentals right you have to really be able to you know just play good music no matter what music is coming out you know you just have to have a grasp that can be applied in all ways in any context Um, and i think that's their secret i think that's you know when stuart little gets up and plays just about anything (laughs) you throw at him and it sounds awesome it's because he, he just has a grasp of fundamentals that just, you know, is so, so at such a high level that he just apply it in anything he knows. You know, I think if you threw a rock song at him that he was familiar with, he'd be able to play that too, you know? Right. Um, exactly. Likely.
0: And you're also able to, you know, so it's like anything. It's like how many, how many uh, pop songs can you sing in your head without confusing the melodies? You could probably do tons of them, right? It has to do with exposure and then it has to do with some musical fundamentals, like you have to be able to sing it a little bit. Um, and then in in the case of, you know, people like Stuart Little and 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 others that can extract, um, you know, that can extract anything out of the air and convert it into bagpipes. You know, that's just a super high degree of uh, fundamental ability. And then you know, and sort of transposition and, and translation. Um, and there's also obviously with the bagpipes, there's a lot of stuff that you can't really play because we don't have enough notes but mm. um, Jimmy Gilvery has written an article on how he does it that's interesting I'm not aware of that that's cool uh, ba-dee, ba-dee, ba-dee. playing in sets yep putting things in sets mm-hmm. um, but at the same yeah at the same time uh, at the same time don't worry too much about memorization just worry about playing the tunes really well that's you know uh, memorization is is a natural byproduct of playing tunes really well all right, let's move on to a little bit of sight reading. So um, the th- I think the thing with sight reading for me is um, sight reading, you have to have the ability uh, to make groups on the fly. Uh, and you have to be able to make phrases. And you, so therefore you also have to be able to predict where the music is going to go next mm-hmm. or where it might go next. And that sounds a little bit crazy, but with some very basic uh, knowledge of fundamentals, we will find that it's actually not that crazy. Um, and then the more exposure you have to bagpipe music, the more you're going to be able to predict. Therefore, the better and faster you're going to be able to sight read. Mm-hmm. So let's take Steamboat. We might actually a lot of us might actually know this tune already, but if if we were seeing this tune for the first time. It could be pretty easily sight read with a, just a little bit of knowledge of um, scale navigation technique, right? And so, um, does anyone out there maybe know the two main, the two main um, sort of methods or types of scale navigation? What are the two main types? Anybody out there? Uh Uh-oh. Multiple attendees are typing. Cool. Penny says uh, arpeggios are one of them, and then scale runs are the other ones. Um, Yeah, Kathy says sequences and arpeggios. I guess that probably means the same thing. Uh, But there are two things. There are scale runs. Now, what scale runs are um, is when you go up or down one note at a time. (laughs) Right? Those are scale runs. Actually, no, they're not. They have a little bit of arpeggio in there. So when we go up up and down one at a time, okay? And that, that's a scale run, and that's pretty common, right? Whenever we play a scale, that's just a giant scale run. Right? So piece of cake right but the other one is arpeggios and what arpeggios do is they comb through uh, chords is basically what they do and, and there's a variety of different uh, chords that we can sort of play on the bagpipes um, and we talk about that in our tutor which i'd recommend checking out if you want to know more about it but see now in steamboat okay steamboat is really cool because uh It uses very basic arpeggios and scale runs throughout. And so the key to uh, sight reading Steamboat successfully is to follow the shape of the notes, and and right now I'm talking mostly about the melody notes, but we need to follow the shape of the notes and identify um, how we are navigating the scale, right? So in the first phrase here, which goes like this, Right, In the first phrase, we're sort of identifying that this is an arpeggio, and then we're sort of uh, following the note shapes and going through that arpeggio. Right, And then um, ne- meanwhile, in the next phrase, uh, we're following these note shapes as well, but we can see clearly that it's not an arpeggio anymore. What is it? Scale runs, exactly. So now we're going down the scale and then we're going a little bit back up again and then back down. But we can see clearly, right, the contour of the notes is a scale run. Then we have a repeat of what's above here. Um, We have a repeat of what's above. And then we have, in the end, phrase we kind of have a combination of the two types so here's a little scale run and then we end with a little arpeggio right and then you know if we can visually identify these things it's going to help us with our sight reading in a big way Okay, and then the second part is a little bit less straightforward, but similar in idea, right? So, so there's an example of, um, you know, being familiar enough with our fundamentals uh, to identify and sort of be able to predict easily where things are going to go. That's, that's the name of the game with scale navigation. The, 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 or sorry, with sight reading. The number one thing you never want to do is have to rely on naming the note... And then converting it into uh, a finger position, right? That's a super super slow way, and you're you know you're never going to be able to sight read efficiently in that way. So most people when they start sight reading, they they sort of go like this: they go E high A with a doubling E C. Oh crap! What's that one? Oh yeah, that's a lo- low A. Maybe I think a low lot a
1: lot of a lot of people, especially when they're first learning, I've seen. Music scores written up like that, where you have the little note names above each note, and uh, right. as a way of identifying it, and, and you see a lot of just other instrument lessons doing the same thing, even whether it's piano or guitar or something, it tends to do the same kind of thing, which is completely useless, you know. Um, maybe from a from an academic standpoint, you know, from a from a recognition right. perspective, you know, maybe, but when you're actually playing the music, and trying to read the music, and and translate that into some sort of body motion and sound, you know, resulting sound, it, It's having the letter there really doesn't help because it's already there. That little black circle, you know, that little black oval with the stem, that, that is your character. That is your language right there. So exactly. translating it into another coding system, like, you know, some Arabic letters is not really going to be useful.
0: That's right. And again, um, you know, Gary's pointing out, uh, sometimes when you're very, very totally new to it, right uh, you know the the note name method can sort of help but um, but again, it doesn't really help that much. What really needs to happen is uh, that we learn our scale well and and that we can learn to see uh, the notes on the page right in terms of what mm-hmm. hand position that will right. require. Here's another important thing too, which is um, which is what I call the the relativity the, the relativity skill okay so, I'm actually not even really concerned with the name of the note that I'm playing. It it has no relevance, right? Uh, What's important is the note and the sound that it makes. Um, And so I wanna leave that out altogether. And one of the things that I use a lot when I sight read is relativity. So, um, and and it sounds scary, but basically what I mean is, okay, here's our first note E. Where is the next note relative to where we are right now? For example, we can see very clearly it's above the current note. So that rules out, what, five other notes. So we know it's not anything below E. We know it's above, and then we also know um, if it were one above, it would be on the line above. If if it were two above, it would be on the space, right? It would be two slots above. So we we can sort of clearly see the high A is three notes above where we are. So relative to the E, we've got to go up three. And that's kind of what I call the relativity thing and with arpeggios it's a little bit harder but we can see with the scale runs here right this is easy cuz relative to where you were before you're just going down one and that's that's the key right and then you know and then going up two is pretty simple because it's just one more than one and then um, and then so on and so forth and then if you combine that with and rather than memorizing where all nine notes go on the scale, why don't you just memorize where three notes go on the scale? Like, let's memorize where low A goes. Let's memorize where E goes. And let's memorize where high A goes. And then, you know, if we can memorize those three spots, then um, – you know, you can look at any note on the scale relative to where that note is located. Now, at this point, I've memorized all nine. And it's super easy, and it's very much second nature. But uh, why don't you just memorize uh, where one or two notes are? You could also use, like, just use E. E and low A are also good. You don't even really need the high it
1: you can break that down even further, you know, is is when you're just looking at the music, you know, just looking before you've actually even played it. I mean, this is where, you know, sort of singing or humming the tune to yourself can can really come in handy and be useful. But even just seeing that high A and seeing how the notes fall on th- in that bar, you kind of know, you kind of get a, you can get a, a, an, almost a, an oral sense of what it should sound like. It should sound like a downward progression of of the notes. Those, the group. The next one is an upward progression to the high A. So you can at least get a sense of the sound it should make in your head. And then that's, that make, makes a step of actually translating it on your fingers. Like, you know, that's the top hand, this is the bottom hand. And, and then memorizing the actual notes really doesn't even become an issue. It's really a matter of knowing exactly how, how the music just flows from bar to bar. Right.
0: Um, You're totally right about that. Um, Lee is asking about how do you sight read rhythmic patterns? Um, and my answer to you would be um, that I do it in the same way that I do the notes, which is um, we, it's, it's sort of a relativity thing. So here's what I would do with that, with rhythmic patterns. Identify the most common rhythmic pattern that exists in a certain type of tune. Right. So in a 6-8 march, the most common is going to be this guy right here. Right, and then that's the most common rhythmic pattern. And then how do other rhythms that you see relate to that one? So so for example, this guy right here, whoops, sorry, that was poorly drawn. I've got my stupid mouse here. Um, But how does this relate to this? Well, it's pretty similar. It's just missing that little tiny note in between, but otherwise has the same rhythm. And so we can sort of see especially with bagpipe music because it's, it's very minimal in the rhythms that it uses, right, and very repetitive, we can sort of get into the flow here, right? So it's that one, two, three, one, two, three, one, you know, that's the bass rhythm. And then we're just going to sort of compare everything to how that compares. Okay. And then um, as far as embellishments go, that's sort of the last layer of sight reading, right, Uh, with the articulations and embellishments. Generally speaking, if I'm not familiar with the tune, I'm going to sort of leave that layer out. I'm just going to play some basic G grace notes, maybe a couple supporting grace notes, just to get a feel for how the tune goes. And then, you know, the next time through, maybe I'll start to add in some of the embellishments.
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the rhythmic pattern idea is is, is definitely a, a good one. I mean, I know once you've got sort of the familiar patterns, say, in reels, <laughs> you can pretty much sight read almost every reel that's put in front of you with just a knowledge of how the patterns should play out with those group no groupings. They should right. basically be the same in any tune that you're going to pick up. Even Even, you know, what we call round reels. And there's with no kind of dots, tails, or whatever, should have a similar pattern, and they repeat. And in the no groupings, repeat too. I mean, <laughs> pick a pick a reel, and it's got you know every tune has got some sort of you know no grouping that's that will repeat in some other tune. And it's once you've understood those and you can remember them, they'll they'll become memorizing another tune that's got the similar kinds of no groupings is going to be a snap. And so then sight reading becomes that much easier. And then you realize you know all you're doing is repeating. In different ways, in different contexts, you know the same kinds of rhythmic patterns. Um, you know, I mean, so, so an unfamiliar tune that you've never heard before, thrown in front of you, could be sight read relatively well with a with a with a sort of a, an approximation of the melody that might you know apply even if you've never heard it before. Definitely. Which is some, which is something that's a good practice to do anyway. You know, if once you've got to this point where you 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 grasp these kinds of things and you think you can sight cite- read pretty well, you know. Take, this is where this is where print comes into play. Just grab a book and start flipping through tunes that you don't yet you're not familiar with, and and see what you can make of them. Um, see how many how many times you can get tripped up by tunes that have a little quirky thing going on in it, and how you figure that out. You know.
0: Definitely. And then Lee, that sounds like a good idea. We'll do a class on that. Are there any questions? I think that sort of sums up what I was thinking about talking about yeah. today. Yeah, sight reading
1: is like one of those things that people get afraid of too. You know, I, I, you see that in pipe bands a lot. People just either ignore it entirely and just sort of go with the flow, or they, uh, you know, they, they try their best. And it's just something that is is neglected overall, I think. And and it's but it's something that can really develop pretty quickly if you apply some some dedicated practice to it, and you'd be surprised. You know, especially if you're past the sort of beginner point of, of playing bagpipes, how fast you'd actually pick it up and how easy it would become to just pick a piece of music. So when you're at band practice, I Major throws some music out at you, you can at least have a decent go at it, you know.
0: Uh-oh. Should first doubling on last line, you see. It is a C, isn't it? Should first doubling on last line be a C? Yes, isn't it? Oh, now you got me all nervous. John said, "I never had any instruction on sight reading until Dojo. Now I'm still getting better." at it. Yeah, John. Keep at
1: it, John. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep at it. It'll get, it'll get better, you know. It's, it's uh, I mean, I, you know, going through music books and sort of collecting them has always been my my thing so it's you, you really do have to get good at it if you're really going to appreciate you know somebody's book of tunes you know because a lot of them tend to be original compositions that no one's ever heard before um, except the composer <laughs> so you're gonna have to really try to you really have to have an understanding of things to be able to make it work for you um, and it's worth practicing to get that Double, you have a broken okay, wrist, broken fingers. Oh, my goodness.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, broken That's wrist. Really broken wrist. That's bad.
1: I I would say wow. that don't don't get discouraged once you kind of take the cast off and it, and it and it and it and it's you know not happening right away. You're gonna have to like work it back, work your way back into it. You speak from experience.
0: There you go. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Um, the Moore Spring Training Workshop is next weekend. It's not the Easter weekend. It's the weekend after that. Um, we've got tons of signups, and uh, it's really, really cool. And, you know, the flights are not that expensive um, to get to the Albany area, and it would be really, really cool if you guys um, were interested. It would be great to meet you and get some hands-on time. Uh, and, you know, we're sort of working with our band, the Orinmore Pipe Band. Check out com if you're interested. Um, and then, uh, see, even from Glasgow, I mean, it's just, what, 1500 bucks or something. It's a hop. It's a hop. And, uh, but anyway, it'd be really cool. I know some folks are going to be there, which is great, and then um, getting more signups by the day. I think the deadline for signing up is, like, Monday or Tuesday, so there's not too much longer left. Um, You know, yeah, Uruguay, whatever. It's not, it's not too bad. (laughs) Um, But meanwhile, um, yep. I hope you guys enjoyed the tips. And otherwise, um, oh yeah, and John Bottomley starts next week too, right?
1: That's right. That's right. He's class. Welcome to the club. All about solo, solo competing, and you know, working your way into this whole scene that we do in competition on the games fields. Sounds great.
0: All right, everybody. We will see you next week on the right. on the uh, you know semi-acclaimed Dojo universe.
1: Acclaimed <laughs> by fifty participants, at least.
0: Exactly. See you later, everybody. <laughs>